Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast, a series for recruiters by recruiters. I'm Danny Reinert, and in each episode, I have candid conversations about careers in recruitment with some of the best talent that Team Eames has to offer. They'll be giving you a glimpse into the highs and lows of their recruitment careers, their motivations and drivers, and their secret to success in the industry. You can listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and other favorite podcast platforms. Let's meet our next guest. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Secrets of Success. Appreciate you taking the time. No problem. Absolutely. So this is the first session in our brand new office. So we've obviously made the move over to the city. <laughs> yeah, first person in the new office. You're sat in our new kitchen at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, it's um, very nice. Can't complain. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, I've had, uh, had a three or four protein bars this morning already. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, no, there were, some, there were some croissants on the top this morning and I was like, don't touch them, don't touch them. Um, so, yeah, we've, it's been a, been a little while coming now moving to the new office and we've obviously got our new kind of flexible working in place and everything. And uh, have you already seen the benefit? Because obviously you've got a team now, which we're going to talk a little bit about this morning. But um, have you seen the benefit for you and your guys being in kind of new environment, new working pattern and stuff this week? Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's um, a lot easier for catch-ups and keeping in contact with the team rather than having to arrange calls all the time, just tapping each other on the shoulder, that sort of stuff. Yeah. A lot more useful. Yeah, that contact time in the office is important, isn't it? And then uh, and then having a bit of a blend of work from home still as well. I think uh, everyone's everyone's quite excited for it. I think given the new way of working as well, like offices have really had to up their games, get people to come in. You know, I think businesses who own all these offices... Um, you know, all, all the offices like our old office, they're all going to really struggle, I think. Um, yeah, it's got to be somewhere you want to go in for the day, so, hasn't it? And give something a bit different. But we're home from home now, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Lovely. Good stuff. So look, um, as I say, thanks ever so much. Um, there's a couple of sort of key topics we want to have a chat about this morning. So the first one, I, I kind of referenced it just now. You've obviously got a team now, um, and that's something that's kind of grown over the last 12 months. Um, and you're going through that. You know, we've chatted about it recently, you and I, that, that kind of age-old struggle of billing manager and, and splitting the time <laughs> up and everything. But um, talk to me about, first, why you decided to go down the the management route and not just stick to the billing because your billings were really high and obviously you know earning good commission all that kind of stuff so what what kind of drew you to the management side of things as well i think it's just a completely different skill set isn't it really like, it doesn't matter what job you're in management is a whole different ball game um, yeah i think i just want to add that kind of third dimension to my skill set that makes sense rather than mm. going right Here's an extra bit of target in terms of billings. Here's a bit more money. Just carry on doing what you're doing. Um, I think the management thing throws a whole different kettle of fish into play. Um, yeah. Which is what I thought would be more challenging and something I'd enjoy a lot more, seeing other people grow and, and develop their careers in improvement. Yeah, absolutely. And you've obviously been an integral part of that. Both of your guys, you've got one at associate consultant level and, and one person that you've brought through from associate consultant to consultant who's doing really well, Adam. Um, yes. And what what through that period over the last 12 months, it's also been quite a strange time to take on a team as well with remote working and, and COVID and everything. So what have, what have you found the main challenges for you have been making that transition from a, a pure biller to a, a billing manager? Um, 
I think that just in terms of managing the team, when it comes to um, training them, it's difficult when you're not on the desk with them, hearing them, what they're saying on the phone, all that sort of stuff. It's very difficult to keep track of mm. how they're structuring their day, what yeah. kind of roles they're sitting on, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you can't really gauge that by calling them every two hours. And if you are calling them every hour, every two hours, it becomes micromanaging as well. Mm. That's not my style. I don't want to be in that situation. So yeah, the main challenge. Um, yeah. So that's finding so. kind of striking that balance, isn't it? Because obviously so. you're referring to when the guys are working from home. What What yeah. have you been doing to try and overcome that? What have you kind of put in place? Because I'd like you say, you don't want to micromanage, but at the same time, yes. you don't want to kind of leave them for eight hours to get on with it when they're really junior sat at home in their bedroom or whatever. So what, no. what have you put in place to try and find a good kind of balance? I mean, all you can do really is just have regular video call catch-ups, try and talk mm. through you know, what you're going to prioritise. So say from a Monday throughout the week on a Wednesday, how it's kind of going, what you've got left to prioritise till the Friday. Yeah. So on a Friday, just kind of summarise the, the key um, objectives that you have achieved in the week, what you've missed, how you can change that for next week, sort that all out, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, so you're kind of having regular in-depth catch-ups kind of yeah. Structure, keep the momentum going without mm. kind of constantly calling them every hour. Going, we called this person yet? Yeah. <laughs> Have we got any CVs for this what job yet? What are you doing after lunch? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, it makes perfect sense. And I suppose the other side of it now, as I say, we're into this new working pattern in the new office, is really maximizing that time when you yeah. are in the office together as much as possible. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, absolutely. I love it. It's great. Then. Good, excellent. Five years at uh, Saffron Hill. <laughs> yeah, it's a big change, isn't it? It's a big change. Um, what when you sort of decided to embark on the on the management side of things, you must have had an idea in your mind of, of kind of what it would be like, what the challenges would be, and and what how it would feel to to be managing a team and be on that that career path. Is it what you expected it to be? Has there been any surprises along the way? <laughs> Definitely. Um, I think it's just I, I sort of struggled when I was quite junior with um, organisation anyway, like prioritising roles, all that kind of stuff. But then to throw management into it, kind of start, start all over again on organising your time and how to how much time to spend on each individual you're managing, then also kind of balancing that with the roles you're working on yourself, trying to keep on top of your own ability. So that's been the biggest struggle for me, definitely. Yeah. Uh, still getting used to it to this day, to be honest. Um, yeah, absolutely. Take time to fully... Especially as you keep adding more and more people uh, who are all at different kind of levels within their career as well, trying to balance, you know, giving a certain amount of individuals amount of time versus other individuals. So it's one big juggling act, really. Absolutely. And would you agree that it's it's important to kind of draw on the support and the other functions within Eames as well as a business? So things like the learning and development function, um, your boss, Sanj, who's done one of these Secrets of Success sessions before, that's the director of, of that insurance perm division. W would you agree that, you know, it's really important to not sort of suffer in silence and try and do it all on your own, but see what you can draw on in the business to give you that support to, to kind of grow and manage that team? Yeah, definitely. It's always useful to get different perspectives as well. Mm. Sanj would have a different perspective on management versus yourself, for example. So it's always yeah. good get as many different points of evidence as possible and kind of draw your own style to it. Um, yeah. Learn and develop from people that are much more experienced in management. 
than myself. So that's always yeah. definitely helpful. Yeah, absolutely. There's no ego in it, is there? I think that's the same for a lot of people at Eames that are taking on management roles or to moving into a new sector or doing something a bit different. We're all quite happy to put our hands up and when we don't know something or we need a bit of help to go, I need yeah. a bit of help with this, that, you know, the kind of ego gets put to one side, doesn't it? And it's about kind of getting the job done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, excellent. So talking about kind of um, Sanj and, and the broader division and everything. So we've got the, the insurance perm division going through really exciting time at the moment, a lot of growth and uh, growth in our, in our current areas, but also into new markets within that space as well. One thing that has always been a really common theme for insurance perm, whether it's broken underwriting claims, actuarial risk, is this idea that everybody in those divisions is a true subject matter expert in their market. Um, and we like to say, it obviously, across all of EAMS, but I, in, in all honesty, in particular, your division has really kind of, <laughs> yeah, flown the flag for that. So what what... What is it about being a, you know, what, what in your mind makes a real true subject matter expert recruiter, somebody that really knows their vertical market? What would you see from somebody day to day that, that is a true SME? Um, I think you've got to find a market interesting, don't you, really? You've got to find that um, I, I find insurance fascinating, to be honest. I, I love it. Um, so I think that always helps. I think there are a lot of recruiters out there that will just recruit um, and they're not really worried about what market they're doing. It's more about just getting, mm. getting the placement done, getting the, the commission in, that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. But everyone on our team seems to just, like love insurance. <laughs> like living they do. It's like read articles. If they speak to a candidate or client and they don't understand something, they're quite happy to say, look, what do you mean by that phrase or, or terminology or whatever it might be? So it's kind of having that humble nature as well about it, like not mm. acting, you know, we know better um at the end of the day we know we're never going to be brokers or underwriters but if we can have some sort of level of technical understanding of the the roles that they're conducting you know that respects uh, a lot more easily yeah absolutely clients yeah, absolutely. So you're, I think that's really good advice to anybody, that especially people that will be watching this at the beginning of their career, recruitment career in the early days and being an SME and, and kind of knowing the ins and outs of a specialist, quite technical vertical market might seem quite a daunting task and, and ages away. But it all starts with, like you say, being quite humble, asking questions, taking an active interest, doing that additional research and, and that kind of thirst for knowledge, if you know what I mean, and, and kind of understanding your market I, I always whenever i interview um potential acs i always say to them like because i find a lot of them go oh, i haven't really thought about what sector i want to hire for and all that sort of stuff and i think it's really important because at the end of the day you're going to be speaking to people about their job day in day out and if you don't yeah. find, if you don't find their job interesting it's going to be quite a painful <laughs> yeah quite a painful process so you've got to make sure that the industry you work in in terms of recruitment is something you quite passionate about whether it's yeah. art, whether it's insurance whether it's law yeah. It might be so um, insurance for me is definitely something I, I like excellent stuff good um and obviously it might seem obvious to us because we're a bit long in the tooth now and we've been in recruitment for quite a while you and I but why explain to people who again sort of starting out in their career there might be two options for them to go down a route that's a bit more generalist um, and not not specialist in terms of the market they work in or to work in a very specialist market vertical like you do and become a true SME. What is the benefit as a recruiter in terms of going down that specialist market route? 
I think you just learn the market better. I mean, it's it's, all, it's, well, it's that famous phrase, isn't it? Jack of all trades. Like, no, mm. one, no one ever really becomes super successful by knowing loads of different things. Um, it's the same for any industry, right? Obviously, if you're in banking, you don't learn all every hundred aspects of banking. Or if you're in law or something, you always specialise in doing a certain type of law. And that's how you progress your career, how you become an expert. Um, mm. you know, I've worked in situations before where I'm trying to do various different roles and may not necessarily be within my specialist area. I feel like mm. you're scratching the surface and everything and never doing a proper yeah. kind of full-on in-depth job on it. And that is all is never missed by clients, never missed by candidates, and you end up just going into a bit of a spiral really. Um yeah. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. You've it's about building credibility as well, isn't it? And your confidence. You're gonna have more credibility with your clients and your candidates if they know that you understand the market in a good level of detail and you're gonna be more confident, I suppose, picking up the phone and especially as a junior recruiter, if you've not been in recruitment long, if you can pick up the phone and talk about a specific market in some detail, it's it's gonna kind of boost confidence to have those conversations, isn't it? I think um, clients will respect you as well. If they call you up and not say, look, can you help out on this role? And you say, look, it's something I specialise in. Um, they'll respect you a lot more for that. And if you just go, you know, go back and say, look, this is what I do do, though, and I've done this day in, day out, to be able to say that, I think, builds a lot more credibility of going, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Whatever you And then just end yeah. up not delivering on it. Absolutely. It doesn't benefit you in the long term at all. Yeah, and I think I think you'd agree, wouldn't you, that Sanj and and you know, well, all of the directors here would rather, as a, when you're doing business development as a consultant or a biller, if you you pick up work in the market you work in, and it's okay to say to a client, that's just not something we can help you out with, or you know, you'd be better off chatting to these guys about you know working with you on that role, um, because we, as you say, it's better to be honest and focus on what you're really good at, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So finally, Will, before we kind of finish up for today, you you are a specialist recruiter in the insurance sector. And obviously, insurance is very broad. You work specifically in broking and, and, and the underwriting side. If somebody was thinking about moving into recruit in the insurance market, um, what kind of top tips would you give them for being successful in that market in particular? What, what should they know and consider about the market before they take it on as their kind of specialist vertical to recruit? Um, well, firstly, the bro brokers, for sure, may maybe underwriters not so much. They're all quite, um, yeah, they're all they're all in very commercial role. They're sort of in sales themselves, so they can be yeah. quite 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 sneaky. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> you have to be quite uh, firm with them. So I'd say if you you need to be resilient, definitely. In terms of, mm. And what's the right word? Not forceful, but when you're obviously negotiating with them, you need to try and be. Quite cynical sometimes because you okay. know they're also in a negotiation job themselves. They know all the tricks of the trade. Yeah, I'm paying a bit of a bad light on. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's honestly, <laughs> I can't imagine many brokers in the London markets are going to be watching this. So don't worry, it's absolutely fine. My dad might be, but I forget your dad does that. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, definitely that. Um, again, you know, they're all. Really well respected guys, very mm -hmm. as leaning on what we were saying earlier about having that passion about the roles that they do, having the technical knowledge about it, being humble 
about it. Um, all that kind of stuff, I think, builds definitely a good rapport with the types of individuals we, we work with. Um, and there's a lot of meetings, isn't there, Will? Because I know COVID, you know, kind of threw a spanner in the works for you guys. But when, when we're in the old office and, and I, uh, we were obviously working in the office five days a week and stuff pre-COVID, I just remember when I'd walk upstairs, the, the bank of desks for you guys on BCU, you'd always be half empty because you're always out in the market meeting somebody and going for a coffee or a lunch or a beer or whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's quite a face-to-face -face market, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, well, all the brokers and the underwriters are going to Lloyd's. You know, all, they all do stuff face-to-face -face historically since you know, when Lloyd started, I don't know, like the 18th century or whatever it was. Yeah. So I think we're just trying to reflect that. Um, yeah, and that's what helps build the credibility as well with the market. Um, so I, I used to really enjoy doing that, and hopefully, we're, you know, I've got a candidate. One of my first candidate meetings later, actually, for the first time in ages. Nice. Um, be good to start doing that again. Yeah. To show off yeah. a nice new office. Yeah, absolutely. All that stuff. So yeah, yeah it's important to be able to sit in front of someone, look them in the eye, and kind of have those sorts of conversations. It's a lot yeah. easier. I find um, see more if you take the time out of your day to make an effort to go go meet them. It's just the simple stuff like that that leads to kind of the more complex stuff going well. Yeah, absolutely, and better relationships, definitely, right? Yeah, lovely. Great, Will, thank you so much. That's, every, that's all my questions for today. So thank you for taking the time um, and for giving us your insights and your kind of secrets for success. I appreciate it. Thanks, Annie. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Bye. -bye.